0: Gregoire and Dan Beeston are smart enough to know better.
1: You're on a journey. You don't know where to. You don't know the destination. You don't know where you've come from. But you know you're looking for something. On the horizon, there is a sign. And on that sign is the number 34. Because you have reached... Episode
0: thirty four point zero of Smart Enough to Know Better. I um, am Gregoire and I'm Dan Beeston. <laughs> so in the Twilight Zone, were, were there like? Is that just a, another part of a neighbourhood? Like, are there are zoning laws in the Twilight Zone?
1: Well, I think that's that's where Stephanie Meyer was allowed to go. That's where she wrote her books. I see, because there's industrial. Oh come on, you got to get that more than more than just ignoring it. Come on, that's no nothing. No no, no no. I'm no, I'm I'm building on it.
0: Oh, sorry, okay. Good. You've you've created a foundation of ridiculous conceits <laughs> and I am building the uh the 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 structure upon it. I I'm so glad that we're building this up to dizzying heights that we can never reach. The t- final twilight film has come out now, hasn't it?
1: Indeed. This is obviously the ignorance part of our
0: podcast. Yes. Yeah, well it's certainly not science. No. And it, it's not it, comedy. Oh well actually <laughs> I mean, it's 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 not even based in original Dracula well, like vampiric folklore. Like it's no, very she much made, She made her own, own own ideas up. That's right. That's too good. Yeah, which is fine because that's what that's Bram Stoker did.
1: That's right. He certainly did. He certainly did. In fact, they all did. I mean, let's face it. I mean, werewolves and all the stuff. It's all been. It's all rubbish. It's all rubbish. Sort of all part of the magical rubbishy thing. Oh, thirty-four. Thirty-four. Yeah. Let me tell you about something about number thirty-four. The number thirty-four
0: is a semi-prime. There no, it's not. That's ridiculous. It's a, What's it's a, a semi-prime? Sem- is that... Wait, can I have a guess? You have a guess. Is a semi-prime when two prime numbers add up? No, no not add up. You're pretty close, though. A semi-prime is when... Is it you, when uh, the prime number is kind of turned on by an attractive lady number, but <laughs> has only, has only has a, a partial erection? No, no,
1: that's no, that that's I don't know. No, I'm 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 horrified. I'm actually horrified right now. Uh, it's a, a natural number that is the product of two prime numbers. So 34 is a semi-prime. It's two prime numbers times together. And what's interesting, I mean, I, lots of numbers are semi-primes, but what's interesting is 33, 34, and 35 are all semi-primes. And so there's a cluster of semi-primes, which is pretty cool. And then which, and they have so four divides So 33 is 11 times
0: 3? Is this what you're getting at? Yes, yes. And 34 would be... Uh, let me get. carry the 1 with the... I don't know... <laughs> I can't work that one out. I say thirteen and thirteen we'll times. For, well no.
1: it's, it's going to be. It's going to be. It's thirty-four. So it has to be times by two Different, somewhere. So yeah. two and seventeen. There you go. Two and seventeen. Boom.
0: Two, Bam. Two's not a prime. Yes, it is. One in itself. Ah, oh, yeah, yeah. It's the only it's the even only, one. It's that's... the only even prime. Oh. So. Oh, look how look how I got sucked into the basic rules
1: without questioning oh, goodness it. Goodness me, man! Goodness me! That's so, very foolish. Uh, every time, so any you have a semi-prime that is an uh, even, then it must be two and something else. Mm. And thirty-five it's... would be five times seven. Five, seven, there you go. That's and there are, there are actually, there are, there are different ones as well, of course, because they, they can have up to four devices each. And it only happens again at 85, 86, and 87. There you go. So it's a nice little combination. They're not exciting, maths people. Isn't that lovely? That's pretty that's good. Very, that's it. I was very happy. I had a car accident recently, and not a bad one, don't panic, but I, I sort of tweeted you're not, about You're not, you're po- uh, not, podcasting from beyond the grave. No, no, I'm not, no, I'm, I'm okay. And, and everything's fine. But why I'm mentioning is, because I just want to say how
0: lovely Brand new list- car too, isn't it? Sorry. Brand new car. Have you even got your second tank of fuel in it yet? Uh, yes, I'm now on my second tank of fuel and some
1: person rear-ended me. So, that was very... Not my fault, thank goodness. But the important thing, I'm not, that's not why I'm talking about all this. I, I just want to say... If thank you would you like to help
0: Greg out, send your donations to... To
1: Kickstarter. Slash <laughs> Dan Beeston. <laughs> no, I just want to say thank you to the listeners. There's listeners, and these are not just, I mean, obviously my friends who are listeners. Yeah, they can go to heck. Because, you know, they have to be nice to me. They're my friends. Yeah, but, that's true. But I'm talking about listeners who don't know me from a bar of soap. And I, I just tweeted this. I don't normally tweet my normal normal everyday stuff, it's not what I do. But I did tweet that, it was a bit shocking that I had this accident, I sort of tweeted that I had a big big day with an accident, and I had people tweet me, out of the blue, saying oh, you know, I you know, hope you're okay, which is lovely, and I made a joke about, oh, my, you know, I, my, my car's damaged, and I had a couple people write saying, look, well, you can replace a car, we can't replace you. And I was like, "Ah, oh, that's so sweet, so thank you listeners, I, that was very nice of you to say such things to me. Yeah. Give me
0: two nice. weeks, I can replace Greg, but,
1: well, uh, well, but, but a nice sentiment <laughs> nonetheless. That's right. Your, your heart's in the right place, even if your cloning machine isn't.
0: Ha ha ha. Yes, the vats are full
1: of half-formed fetuses. Yes, plugs. Uh, slugs, I call them. Uh, you, actually, I'm just stealing that from Venture Brothers. Yay, Venture Brothers. Now, Australia is sometimes known as the lucky country. Yes. Yes, sometimes we are. For our non-Australian listeners, we are called the lucky country because, well, we're pretty lucky, actually. Our, our, lots of sunshine. Yes. Lots and, of sheep. Uh, lots of a natural resources. We, we, we keep all our racist people in one area, so that's always nice. <laughs> um, yeah, we have tons of ore. We have, we have 40% of the world's uranium. There you go. Weird. But we're considered the lucky country. And it's actually been shown this is actually true. The Economist, the magazine The Economist, actually checked out all the countries to see which was the best place to be born. Not the best place to live or move to, but where if you, if you were born in a certain country, where would you be happiest and richest and basically have a good old good old time as a and newborn? Guess where number
0: one was, Dan. Given the build up, I'm going to have a crack at Australia. No, ah, <laughs> oh, son of a gun! It was Switzerland. Switzerland. It's Switzerland. always it's Switzerland. It's always Switzerland
1: with their clocks and their chocolate they and their a... other and their other stereotypes. I don't know much. About. They're that they're the happiest country in the world. I heard. Yes, that's what they're saying. If you can be born in Switzerland, then their rating was eight point two two out of this rating. So, but then Australia. No wait, But is to... that to be lucky or
0: is that to be happy? But the best place to be born. That's what they're basing best it on. Place to be born. All and right. Based, so you can be born be like, well, in Switzerland and then just. Nick off to Russia, for instance.
1: Well, maybe. But it, I mean, what they're saying is just because you move to Switzerland doesn't mean you're going to necessarily be lucky because you might not have all the rights of a Swiss because you moved there. Uh, if people right. come to Australia, as we know. We don't go, Yay, people come to Australia. Have all our money. Please go on the dole. or yeah, have, have equal opportunity. No, we lock them up. Get, our governments get quite angry and lock them up, yeah. So it's not it's about being bored in that country and Because the Our governments of country. are cocksuckers. They can be a little bit naughty,
0: yes. Anyway, the point of this is Australia is eight point. No, 12. no you know what? You know what? Some of my best friends are cocksuckers. No. Our governments are bad people. Cocksucking is something that I can only support. Thank you, Dan. Yes, good. We're getting slightly off track. Your hobbies aside. We're, uh, that came out wrong. Uh, no, 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 I no, mean, no. You don't, you don't do it aside. It's front on. Stop.
1: This why, is, are we, why are we doing this? Because, because I'd like it. to
0: drag you down into the oh, mire of oh. bodily fluids.
1: Anyway. Oh, oh. oh now there's a metaphor. Anyway, Australia is the second by a very close margin. And it's really interesting because it's like Nor- so it goes Switzerland, Australia, Norway, Sweden, Denmark. And I, I knew that Norway, Sweden, and Denmark would be high. I didn't think Australia would be that high. And then you compare us to people like America, America's way down the list, or the UK, way down the list. So the, the UK is 27th, uh, France is 26th, Germany is 16th, the US comes in 16th, as. hang on, uh, it came in 16th as well, is it weird? I, that, I'm absolutely wrong. It tied with somewhere else there's germany yes so and and that's amazingly far down so there you go if you are listening to this from australia well done you've done a very good choice by randomly being born in one of the best places to be born if you're not then i'm very sorry but you can always listen to a podcast that comes from that great place and maybe a bit of that will rub off on you as well we should probably get into the interview. We should. We have a really interesting interview this week. I have interviewed a lovely young lady by the name of Kelly Sumner. I am fascinated by this this interview because I wasn't there for it. And so I'm really, really looking forward to hearing it. Because it's a really, really interesting subject.
0: Yes. Kelly used to be in a cult and is now no longer in a cult. And I thought that's a very interesting perspective on a human being. Especially for a science
1: comedy and ignorance podcast that that's, has a sceptical bent. So this is not our usual sorts of interview where we might, you might consider someone an, an expert in inverted commas because they've gone to university for many years or they've studied a certain field. This is an expert, someone who's survived something really, really terrible, really. Uh, and, uh, or at and least f- very
0: strange. Very strange. And potentially right, yes. very terrible. Now, there are uh, trigger warnings because there is discussion in this interview of various things that happen in cults. Welcome to the interview part of the podcast, Greg. Greg, where are you, Greg? (laughs) Are you, for instance, somewhere else studying your ass off to be an astro-scientist? Oh, you can't answer because you're not here. But I'll tell you who we do have here. We have got the lovely Kelly Sumner, who is a mental health recovery agent for the state. Welcome, Kelly, to the podcast. Thank you. Now, uh, Kelly, you... Have some interesting stories to tell about sort of sciencey stuff, or sort of more, more so not science <laughs> stuff. Yes. Uh, but before we get anywhere, you were mentioning just before we started something about feng shui. Feng 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 shui. Feng shui. Feng shui. That, i, I going to I'm going to go with your pronunciation on that one.
2: I, I have met a feng shui worker, tempted to say professional, but not going to go there.
0: Ah, <laughs> clever, clever. Now, you were saying that Sunnybank... Actually, why what, do what you tell okay. me the story?
2: My mum... Yes. Bless her. Got a feng shui person to come and examine her house and give advice. And Of course, you need light. to know
0: whether a dragon can stay by.
2: Yes, yes. and where you need mirrors and
0: Waving cats. I understand waving cats are very <laughs> important.
2: I, I think so, especially for Chinese restaurants. <laughs> um, and I'd gone up to have lunch with my mum and... This woman was still there and she stayed to have lunch with us and she started telling us various feng shui-related stories, including that the reason Sunnybank has quite a large Asian migrant population is Mm. because when you look at the Brisbane River through the eyes of feng shui, the area of Sunnybank is where the dragon's eye would be. So that's a very powerful place. So so hang on,
0: so the the river looks like a dragon?
2: part of a dragon. Right. And
0: okay. Because it never struck me as a dragon, more so a tapeworm.
2: <laughs> yes. I,
0: I know that coming over the Gateway Bridge, there's a big sign that says, welcome to Brisbane. And this weird strand that is. Mm. A, I, I worked out was the Brisbane River. Mm. But initially I'm like, why is Brisbane's totem animal a tapeworm?
2: <laughs> there's another one on top of Mount Kutha. Ah, nice. Yes. yes. Um, yeah. Personally didn't see a dragon myself, but maybe that's why I'm not a feng shui person. The eye of the dragon, very auspicious place to...
0: Do kung fu, possibly. <laughs> Um,
2: and I mentioned this to a friend who mentioned it to a friend who is one of the Asian community in Sunnybank and he said yes that is why it was chosen.
0: I love the notion that there are people out there studying maps. Like, <laughs> where are we going to go? It's like, oh, this one looks a bit like a dragon. Yeah, all right. Well, we'll put a baby next to that one. Oh, no, this one looks like a pig. I don't want to be a pig.
2: I, I like the idea that someone was looking at Sydney and went, no, that river's not dragon enough.
0: Not dragon enough.
2: Melbourne, mm, kind
0: of, the Yarra looks more like of, a newt.
2: Yeah, it doesn't have that dragon sense to me. What about this one here in the middle?
0: And the nice thing is that while when they're making notes on the map, they will re- right here be dragons. <laughs>
2: that that's cute.
0: Yeah. Oh, that's what I that's what I aim to be on the science <laughs> podcast is cute. Now your this particular claim to fame is that you were brought up in a cult. Yes. Okay. What? So like a Christian?
2: No. No. Uh, um,
0: Jew, Roman Catholics. No. No, Smaller cult than the Roman Catholics.
2: I'd, I like to think of it as more interesting because everyone's heard of Christian cults, but not everyone has heard of the cults that grew out of the humanistic movement in the seventies. So if you think very kind of Californian free love, mind-opening experiences, mm-hmm. um, that kind of thing, that's the kind ah. of thing I was born into. So it had some nice ideas that that kind of
0: you'd want to hope hum, so. Humanistic
2: what, what, psychology.
0: What stuff. were the nice ideas? Why do we start off with the with the sales pitch <laughs> yes. for the so, what was was there a
2: name? It was called Santa Point. Centerpoint. Any, anyone in New Zealand who's listening has probably heard of it. It was pretty notorious. Um, ah. The sales pitch. There was an open day once a year, by the way. Which, yes. Which was the day on which
0: that was when people could escape. <laughs> it's the one day of the year
2: no, no, that's when people we try to get people in. Right. Yes. No no open days for escaping. That's no. not culty. Instead of wearing our usual crummy clothes, we'd try to dress a little bit more nice. upmarkety and had to wear swimmers when we went in the pool rather than the usual naked swimming.
0: Ah. Um, I but- hate that.
2: <laughs> yeah, by that point, most of I think most of us kids were wearing swimmers anyway. It was the adults you had to watch out for. Ah. Uh, the idea was society is very repressive and it's not nice, and we're going to live in a community and love everyone. So far, I'm
0: totally on board. And having this sounds great.
2: Having authentic relationships with people and maybe popping some pills and getting closer to God. Nice and
0: vitamins, I'm assuming
2: of a sort. Right. <laughs> um, and funny thing the New Zealand version of National Geographic did a big thing about one of the guys in the commune who did papermaking, but the papermaking was a bit of a front for his ecstasy production. Ah. <laughs> so there, there were lots of nice the sort of encounter groups of the 70s where people had their consciousness raised and found out who they really were. and who they It could feels be like we're jumping people. around
0: a little bit. So yeah. th- th- its did they worship some sort of entity? What was the, the crux really. of the...
2: It, it was do
0: they describe themselves as a religion
2: no it's no. it's a community so the idea of intentional communities mm-hmm. um, which then are breeding grounds for or a really fertile Interesting ideas. for um, interesting ideas and people with you know who want power and control to, ah. to kind of come in and take over and this one was actually started by the guru who had been a vacuum cleaner salesman and then did a whole bunch of encounter groups and and that sort of stuff and then started it as a therapeutic community
0: ah yeah. i see so a lot of liberated behavior yes. so you were born into this I environment
2: was. my parents met there ah
0: yeah. so something good came out of it i like to think so <laughs> yes and so you grew, you grew up thinking this was all normal yes when i wherever I think of cult, I think of going to a service twice a day <laughs> and then scrubbing floors the rest of the time. <laughs> but it sounds like this was a a little, Not little bit so more much like that. like was there a
2: schooling system there was a preschool okay, um, I guess we assume that all cults are like those really insular communities where there's very little contact with the outside world a lot of cults are actually out there in the community so people mm-hmm. not living like Bronies Bronies
0: yeah, yeah the g- adult men who like watching the new My Little Ponies TV show <laughs> have formed a right a clique uh, a, uh, like that yeah yeah just like yeah. that
2: in Brisbane the big one is Brisbane Christian Fellowship. So mm-hmm. over on the north side. It's not a community in the sense of a whole lot of people living in a communal space, people living in normal suburban houses across a broad area, but who come together and join in a very cohesive group that's kind of exclusive and aimed. And
0: supports each e- yeah. each other's ideas and such.
2: Yeah, and claims too, but generally represses. Um, right. <laughs> Supports
0: <know>. one person's <laughs> ideas. Yes,
2: generally speaking. In a way, it, it's a stronger group that can have that engagement with the general community because it, it's strong enough that it doesn't have to be afraid of losing its adherence mm. because of their contact with the outside world. So we all went to primary schools and high schools nearby.
0: Yeah. So you're exposed mm. to kids and, who weren't yeah. involved in the cult.
2: Yeah. Okay. We we were weird and possibly didn't make friends that easily. Uh, um,
0: sounds very familiar to my <laughs> upbringing, yes.
2: Um, but, yeah, we weren't cloistered away. Right. Um, because by that point maybe we were thoroughly indoctrinated enough not to...
0: Now, what were you indoctrinated correct? with?
2: There was the essential for any cult, which is... We are right and everyone else is wrong. Um, yes. So this way of living is the only real way of living. Uh, we're better than everyone else because we live a more honest existence.
0: An honest existence. Yes. Okay. Yes. More authentic. Hence the pills. Yes.
2: <laughs> yeah, because gotcha. yeah. nothing is as authentic as playing with neurochemicals. Um, <laughs> and there were some atrocious ideas as well. The the thing that Centrepoint is really famous for in New Zealand is horrendous levels of child sexual abuse. Ah. So the guru, the leader. Hence its yeah. the
0: name I can't leave that in the podcast. That's a terrible (laughs) joke. That's awful.
2: It really is. But I find it amusing.
0: Okay. Um,
2: So he was put himself out there as as a therapist, a psychotherapist, and he had his his sort of top-level group of therapists, and they put some really horrendous ideas out there and it kind of filtered through the community. They had meetings. He actually did mass hypnosis meetings once a week. Mass Um,
0: hypnosis? Yeah. So have you been hypnotised?
2: The children, thankfully, weren't part of that.
0: Oh. Man. I watched a Darren Brown special the other night, and he did this thing where he touched someone on the shoulder and whispered in their ear, and they just they, they're out like mm. a light. And that just seems like nonsense to me. Mm. And yet, I, I don't know. It's, I it, want to be hypnotized. Yes. Also tasered. That's a completely different thing, but I really want to experience that.
2: You and your wife have an interesting relationship, don't you? Um, <laughs> uh, it's interesting, hypnosis, I mean, it's been done in a really fake way and there are people for whom hypnosis doesn't work and then mm. most people are mildly hypnotizable and then some people are really hypnotizable. Well, one of the things that he used hypnosis for was to ease labor pain, so Home births were the order of the day, ah, and yes. um, the guru was actually quite good at inducing hypnosis in women who were in labour. So he'd work with them throughout the pregnancy and induce a labour oh, in right. labour for pain relief. But he used his influence for evil as well as good. Ah. So he put around ideas
0: for getting the babies out and in, in at the beginning. <laughs>
2: yes, gotcha. Um, so he put out ideas like children are sexual beings to begin with, and that to expose them to sexual acts is a benefit, to that promotes the right, development. Right, right. Um, the
0: sales pitch is starting to, uh,
2: go downhill to fall here. Yeah, there was forced drug taking oh,
0: wow. on some of
2: the children, which I didn't even know about until a few years ago, actually. There were things... So
0: so was it that you had just not, never been exposed to that, or you just went, gee, today's f***ing excellent. Why is everything melting?
2: <laughs> well, there's the question. I don't think I was exposed to it, but in these situations, you can't really have certainty, can you? No. Um, But there are also ideas like some people in there believe that extreme physical punishment was a good idea. Um, Ah, yes. There are some reports of really severe beatings. But also things like breaking people down emotionally The authentic, honest relationship idea was twisted so that insulting someone, telling them everything that they were doing wrong, Uh, really kind of pelting them as as badly as possible.
0: Not a place for white lies.
2: (laughs) No, no, no. There was even a hierarchy system, so the adults would be lined up and then people would be moved either closer to the guru or further away according to things that they'd done during the week. Oh,
0: my God. Wow. That's kind of like work.
2: <laughs> yes, yes, except you can't get away from it at the end of the day.
0: All oh, right. So your parents were both involved in yeah. this and they were, would have been pretty excited about being involved.
2: Yeah. For my dad, I think he suffered from quite serious depression and ah. his psychiatrist had said either get ECT or go to one of the encounter groups run by this guy who was the guru. Yep. And his depression lifted, I think. So there was this So he saw it as a, as, a, as a fix. Yeah. And for my mum, she was really looking for a sense of community and somewhere to belong and, and feeling not really a part of the broader society.
0: Ah, right. So you're a, you're a little kid, little mm-hmm. girl at school, like primary school, yeah. I guess, and you're kind of one of the weird ones. Were there any moments where you were exposed to ideas at school and went, no, 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 that's where, where your upbringing in this cult was directly related to an experience at school that was strange or...
2: I don't remember anything like that. What I do remember is my mum left when I was two and a half. Nearly three, so mm-hmm. I had this kind of half my life in the commune and half of it outside of it. Ah. And when I was about four, I remember talking to my mum about how the commune had everything.
0: Ah, uh, when you say so, your mum left, she left the, the commune, commune yeah. not you. Yeah. <laughs> right, she left with you <laughs> yes. from the commune. Yeah. Okay, cool. So,
2: well, with me half the time.
0: Yeah. Oh, so you would stay with your dad who yeah. was still inside yeah. the commune. Yeah. Gotcha. Um,
2: so when I was about four, I remember talking to my mum about how the commune had everything I needed. So that real indoctrination, that Mm. sense of this is what's right and this is the way the world should be. And I felt a lot more comfortable there for the first 10 or so years of my life than I did.
0: Because everyone in there is as weird as you.
2: Yes, yes. Mm. And, And I had friends that I'd simply grown up with rather than having to make friends at school Mm. Outside that group, which was really challenging.
0: So your mum didn't go back after that point.
2: No, she didn't. Right. Which was quite impressive.
0: Ah, so she's living on the outside. Mm. He's living on the inside, mm. and you're bouncing back and forth between worlds. Yes. Ah, so on one on one hand, you're kind of bringing some of the ideas from inside <laughs> out. The universe, but on the other hand, there's a little tiny sort of hacking going on inside it.
2: Yeah, and I think by the time I was about ten, I was realizing that the ideas that I was aware of operating within the commune were not necessarily right. That Mm. there were things that I was really uncomfortable with, and that sense—that was my first sort of sense of cognitive dissonance. Or or there's something wrong here. I'm getting this information from this source and that information Ah. from that source, and something's not quite right.
0: Wow, that's impressive. I, well, when I was 10, I, was, I still thought Santa Claus was real. So <laughs> I assumed that... Why, why would my parents lie to me about that? Why would they do that? They want me to become a good human being mm. who knows stuff. They wouldn't make something so ridiculous up, surely.
2: You would think but That's
0: the problem with trusting people.
2: It is. I.
0: That's um... what I'm telling you, the cult survivor. <laughs> some people can't be trusted. <laughs>
2: yes, especially those who say Santa Claus exists. Because that was one thing I was never brought up with I always knew my parents gave me presents
0: Ah Actually um, the sales pitch is picking up again
2: Yes, my mum has huge problems with kids being told Santa Claus exists Oh that bugs me My partner, however, thinks that it's a good thing because the realisation that this amazing, beneficent, giving thing Mm -hmm. doesn't actually exist, that realisation then prepares people
0: to realise other things. Oh, so maybe
2: God doesn't exist. Wait a second,
0: beard? (laughs) Lives up high? (laughs) Uh. Mm -hmm.
2: Has a special attachment to Christmas? Oh,
0: yeah, I forgot about that Mm. bit with both of them. (laughs) <laughs> so you're about 10 and you're starting to falter a little bit and start mm-hmm. questioning these things yes. uh, so what happened then
2: uh then my dad died oh well, yeah and pretty soon after that i realized that the commune was not somewhere i wanted to be at all ah, right. um i kind of went fully into the real world but didn't like it very much
0: all oh, um, right.
2: Yes, so some kind of floating around, not quite not, fitting in anywhere. A
0: not not a place to be.
2: Yes. Oh, mm. I see.
0: And did did you have trouble extricating yourself from center point?
2: I, I didn't. Which is kind of weird if any adult leaves a cult it's generally a really traumatic process and if mm. kids are taken out by their parents it's generally traumatic and I just Somehow sailed straight through all of that without a problem.
0: Right, they didn't have a, uh, they didn't have a coloured book for that particular situation.
2: <laughs> no, so I, I escaped.
0: I see. Did they try to get in contact with them? Did you? Have, have you followed along with them, or you you I'm, put that behind you, or what?
2: I'm sort of in touch with a bunch of the kids I grew up with because, in a way, they're my family. Mm. I have 20-odd cousins, but I didn't grow up with them. So it's that kind of relationship that cousins or close family members is those kids, and we keep in touch to some degree. But by the time I left, the whole place was falling apart anyway. All right, so what's happened
0: to Centrepoint? Is it still running?
2: (laughs) It dissolved over the course of several years. Eventually, the public trust in New Zealand stepped in and said, this has to stop, ended up paying off the last True Believers and hangers-on. A lot of whom are now in Australia.
0: Well, paying Just them off. Them. Yeah. So they went in and said, this has got to st- All this yeah. sexual abuse of kids, force-feeding people drugs. Mm. This has got to stop. So here's a whole bunch of money for you yeah. to stop.
2: Yeah. What? What? Yes. That's monstrous. And I wonder where my 50 grand is. But there you go. Apparently I didn't hang around long enough. Son of a- Gun. Yeah, a lot of them are now in Australia. So, yay for Australia. Right. Good, good. Yeah. Good, good. Because what you really want is true believers. Ah. Yeah. So, how has this
0: flavoured your outlook on your adult life? I do notice an enormous amount of uh, of political books around. <laughs> yes.
2: I think politics and uh, social psychology, probably.
0: All right, so it's given you an yeah. interest in the brain yeah. and why people believe I, the things that they do.
2: Yeah, I guess I never really felt like I had any option of doing anything but delving into people's brains going wrong. <laughs> <laughs>
0: um,
2: it wasn't really ever any other path after an upbringing like that yeah
0: it must give you an interesting outsider outlook on what i would consider normal behavior Yeah,
2: i think it's it's good this is it's traumatic but good to have that kind of oh my god my worldview is wrong i need a new one mm-hmm. experience because it teaches you to be critical Yes. So, and my my mum's in was in that kind of second wave feminist tradition of question all values that are put down by, by the elites and the powers that be and and all of that sort of things.
0: So ah oh, yes. I, oh us. Yeah. yeah, yeah <laughs> yes. Yeah.
2: Yes. The white men. <laughs> yes. Um, older white men. Sorry. Not you. Uh
0: (laughs) Ah, you can stay.
2: (laughs) So that kind of that critical, what's really going on here, and is that actually the way it is or just the way that I... I think it is, or the way it is in our society rather than in another society. And at the same time, not going with that kind of cultural relativist thing of, well, anything's okay, provided it's culturally done. Do you know? Yeah. Yeah. So kind of finding that balance of realising that what I've been taught is not necessarily true, but that doesn't mean that I'm going to go totally relativistic yeah. about everything. I
0: always find it interesting that people will grow up with one religion and then they'll laugh at another religion. Yes. Like, especially Scientology. Like, Scientology (laughs) is nuts. (laughs) Like, you go, come on, spaceships Mm. that look like Boeings and spirits in volcanoes. Mm. No, 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 that's that's all nonsense. Mm. But it's fine to believe that there's a man in the sky with a Mm. beard who loves us all, unless we don't believe in him, in which he'll send us to the centre of the Earth where there's lots of fire forever. Mm. Yes. And that's the normal stuff.
2: My closest friend is... A really fundamentalist Christian. Ah. So we often pull apart the stupid things about every belief system except hers. Ah. <laughs>
0: there's,
2: there's really that kind of oh my god, these people believe really really crazy stuff.
0: A flying horse. I mean, a flying man. That makes yeah, sense. That's fine. A flying man with no genitals. Mm-hmm. That's fine. Flying horse. Nonsense. Mm.
2: God spoke out of clouds, but I really don't hold with this reincarnation stuff. <laughs> um, I guess at the same time, we're invested in what we believe and with it at something like a religion, at least if someone's a strong adherent to it, and particularly if there's a sort of fundamentalist twist to it. I guess that you've got to be defending against attack all the time. Mm. And a really fun way to do that is just to attack everyone else.
0: Yeah. Well, I, I think it mostly comes down to tribalism. Mm-hmm. I mean, if you adhere to the, uh, the the monkey sphere idea, the the notion that uh, like little tiny monkeys have social groups of like mm. six monkeys, yeah. and then the bigger their brains get, the more monkeys they can have mm. in their social group. They they can identify them as other entities like them, and mm. not just a sort of a cardboard cutout mm. of the enemy monkey. Mm. And that human beings' brains are big enough to support five hundred
2: mm-hmm. other
0: individuals, and everyone else is kind of this yeah. two dimensional mm. cartoon that sort of. Yep. fulfills a role.
2: A stere- stereotypes. Yes. Yeah, which we have stereotypes or at least a, a useful... I'm not going to say we have them because of this, but a useful thing about stereotypes is that they save us processing time.
0: Yeah, yeah, yeah. Um, I mean, you've got to... If you, if you met someone and you have to build up your entire picture mm. from the get-go, it's going to take you 15 minutes before you, <laughs> before you actually go, okay, so you're a human, white, <laughs> male, okay. Yeah. So, yeah, it is yeah. kind of easy to go... That guy likes rap music. Oh, wait, is that racist? Yeah.
2: The problem being then that they're so useful and easy, and then we kind of slip over into being critical about them and Mm. and mean about them. And and then it's not just, oh, that person has dark skin. Oh, that person's African.
0: He's probably going to pinch my DVD player.
2: Or... or oh, that person looks Arabic, we better send them through extra security. Mm. <laughs> and we get really defensive about our own place in the world and our own value, and it's like in order for a lot of people, in order to feel like they have value, other people have to have less. It's a relative thing. Mm. So denigrating other people gives them that boost that they need.
0: I mean, uh, yeah, it's back to that tribal thing mm. is that, if you are in a tribe and there are people agreeing with you, that's a very nice way of being. It's really You go, oh, I want to agree yeah. with you. I want to agree with mm. you about this. And you go, oh, what about this thing? And you go, oh, well, I don't know, but mm. sounds good to me and I like you, so I'm going to agree with mm. that. What about those other guys? Oh, no, we don't agree <laughs> with those guys. Yeah. Those guys? Seriously? No, no, no. Mm. Us guys. Yeah. We're right. And they're, they're obviously mm. not right. <laughs> so they're probably wrong. And let's kill them. Yes. Take all their stuff.
2: Yes. We can go. They're wrong. Therefore, they're bad. Mm. Therefore, yes, we deserve their land. Or and it makes the
0: decision-making process easy. And Mm. you look at, for instance, the elections over in the United Mm. States and here as well. Mm. It's it it falls into this two-party system simply because people like well, yes, us and them, Mm. and and that reinforces all of your decision-making. You go, Mm. well, I, I think that help everyone having access to
2: socialized healthcare. Socialized healthcare,
0: yes. So you go, all right, well, I I think that socialized healthcare is great, I think that everyone should have access to basic medical systems, Mm. so that means I'm on this side of the Mm. fence, which means that I guess... I also have a very strong opinion about climate change <laughs> and and also about a woman's right to choose mm. and and then suddenly all these ideas are, are ones that i 'm being exposed to because of the people mm. who are agreeing with yep. me and 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 I wonder whether we didn't have that tribalistic thing, whether mm. we would end up having a, a, a much greater mm. scattering of ideas
2: yes. yeah and and I think it's also it's nice to agree with people. you get that warm fuzzy feeling, and it's...
0: yes you don't want to have a, i mean some people like to fight.
2: Some people do, some people do, but uh, as you were saying, it makes it much easier to then justify doing horrible things to other people. Yes,
0: because they're not people. Yes. They're the other guys. Yes. Yes. We're the people.
2: Mm. And, um, I mean, this even comes through in, in terms of racial discourse, especially in, say, the 18 and 1900s when European people were describing African people as being more like monkeys. You know, interestingly, yeah. also the way British well English people described Irish people.
0: Uh, ah, yes.
2: Yeah. Sort of anti... Like the propaganda that comes out in war, that kind of thing, is often about making... Someone less than human, making them therefore easier to yeah. rape and pillage.
0: It's always raping and pillaging. Oh. No one ever pillages by itself. So uh, you were then exposed to a bunch of different other belief systems yes. and such and ways of living. Hmm. And you got that wonderful opportunity to go, I guess I should select one. Yes,
2: I did several years of, oh, I just want to belong to something.
0: Ah, Yes. <laughs>
2: My aunt went to church, so I'd go to church with my aunt and thought, maybe I can be a Christian, then I'll belong to this nice group of people yeah. who who are nice and happy and, and they'll accept me. And then that didn't really work. So I was like... The, so why,
0: why didn't it work?
2: I didn't really get the Jesus as demigod thing. Uh. Yeah, had an issue with that. So
0: you So you grew up without the notion of a supernatural... <laughs> Deity,
2: I Is that grew right? up with a that spiritual but not religious thing, right. so there's this kind of universal energy. Ah, and, right, and when we die, we'll go on existing but in a different form, and all of that kind of ah, stuff. Okay, so and around that time, it was when the, the kind of neo pagan thing was happening, so it was really cool to, to be a witch, be and, a, into Wicca. Yeah, so I tried Wicca for a while, and that didn't work, and um. <laughs> And then I like some of the Buddhist ideas, but then the Dalai Lama being, you know, homophobic and sexist and, and going, Yay, India should have nuclear weapons kind of put me off. Yeah. Um <laughs> People don't
0: see that side of the Dalai Lama. I know, that and often. and when
2: you try and point it out to them they get really cranky.
0: Yeah, yeah.
2: <laughs> Yeah, so I kind of, I tried a whole lot of different stuff. And even though I hadn't belonged to a group, I'd had a really strong sense of spiritual faith. And then in my late teens, I was kind of going, but if there's this benevolent power in the universe, then... Why are there ten thousand kids dying a day in Africa? Why do abuse and torture exist? And and those kind of questions that spiralled and eventually got me to a point where I didn't know what I believed. And then ah, I yes. met my partner, who's an atheist, and kind of gave it a human face for me, I suppose.
0: Ah, right. And what did you think of atheism before that? Then it
2: was a little bit scary. Uh
0: huh.
2: Yeah, it was like, but these people don't believe in anything, and and now I'm all like, <laughs> atheists, so <they're> wonderful. <laughs> um, <laughs> <laughs> kind of got that convert, we should all band together and and be great and then realising that actually there are as many asshole atheists as Yes. There are asshole other people. Yes.
0: Yes, unfortunately not being religious doesn't stop you from wanting to wage war <laughs> yes. on a different tribe.
2: Yes. Yeah. And that really I guess that really also that militant
0: There is a militant atheism thing me, where yeah. people are like, No, no, we religions are evil, they've got to be destroyed. Yes. And there is a lot of evil done yes. in religion's name, <laughs> so I can I can I can I can understand yeah. why people would be frustrated about that. Especially when you're able to put it in terms of, well, yeah, you see something yeah. awful happening, you want it to stop, yeah.
2: Yeah. and you
0: go, well, I've got to find a reason that mm. this is happening. And I wonder how much of that is religion's fault, and how much is it just because it's a it's a monkey I that think decided going back to walk to the around. Monkey
2: tribes. And that that tribalism and that I'm an atheist, I'm smarter than everyone else and I can be Ah, horrible to them. If only
0: people thought to themselves, I'm smarter than everyone else, so I'm smart enough to be kind to everyone. (laughs) Wouldn't that be a nice way to be?
2: If if I think I'm so smart, doesn't everyone else think they're so smart? Doesn't that make me as stupid as everyone else?
0: Ah, Socrates, (laughs) the only knowledge is in knowing nothing. Who said that Bill and Ted's excellent adventure wasn't good for learning?
2: <laughs> <laughs> yeah, they played a mean air guitar too.
0: Oh yeah. Uh, so you're an atheist now. But you don't like the mean atheism. Mm. I see. I, I, I'm... You subscribe to the don't be a dick school of atheism.
2: I try to subscribe to not being a dick in general, although I'm not always successful. Right. <laughs> I drive over two hours every day. And so oh, I see yuck. a lot of people being wankers on the road. And mm-hmm. and so I will Occasionally, inappropriately, like when there are clients in the car, go wankers when I see someone you know <laughs> do something really stupid, and then I I realize that wait a minute I could have let that person in and I sped up instead so that they'd have to wait so maybe right. you know so I kind of I I do the trying not to be a dickhead.
0: Why um, are the people on the roads? They're always wankers. Yeah, like that 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 that's usually where all the wankers are yeah. is on the road. It's a good word for a driver mm-hmm. for some reason.
2: I they're kind of synonymous, aren't they?
0: Uh, In my household, we have the wanker scale. Ah. So when you're driving, you're trying to figure out who on the road is someone to really concentrate Mm. on. And so you see, say, a dual exhaust pipe, Mm
2: -hmm.
0: two wanker points. Ute, two wanker points.
2: Sports exhaust.
0: Yeah. Or a love heart Mm
2: -hmm. on
0: it or something hanging from the mirror in the front. Yep. Now... A couple of points is fine. That's fine. Mm-hmm. But there's got to be a certain amount of points where you're like, actually, that's too many points. That yes. guy is someone to be avoided. Black yeah. Ute, mm-hmm. generally. Uh, no Fear Sticker, that's seven points. Yep.
2: Um, For me, the...
0: Metal testicles hanging off the yes. bar. Yeah, that's
2: that's a big one. Um, the fish, the uh, Christian fish.
0: The Jesus fish.
2: Mm-hmm.
0: Does that make them worse drivers?
2: I have no idea.
0: I mean, they're probably going to be, on some level, they're happier to die
2: you know, I always thought that about Christians. I always thought they must be really happy about dying, right, and not want to really avoid it. Mm-hmm. And I, I knew this really hardcore Christian guy at, at high school and we, we were in choir together because I'm a nerd. And um, did Yeah, what, choir. what
0: sort of <laughs> nerd would be in choir at high school?
2: <laughs> and we did this thing where we were we... <laughs> We went to sing a lot of the gospel spiritual stuff that that came from slavery in America. Oh, yep. And this really, really hardcore Christian guy who I was friends with said, I don't get why they're happy to die. And I thought, but aren't you happy to die? Isn't that like I'm going to go to heaven and meet God and it's going to be awesome? Apparently not.
0: Uh, Maybe they they all on some level realise that they haven't been good enough to get into heaven.
2: I'd like to think so. Um, I mean, we have this basic drive for survival that's really, really strong, and maybe it's stronger than their belief.
0: Yeah. Who would have thought that uh, (laughs) through the process of random mutations over hundreds of thousands of years, that creatures would somehow manage to evolve a a, a desire to live long enough to procreate, (laughs) to create more creatures... Who want to live mm. longer?
2: Because in the game of survival of the fittest, I really don't see how wanting to survive helps.
0: Wanting to die, you mean?
2: No, I was being sarcastic.
0: Oh, right, I missed that. Yeah. You need to be more. You need your. You need work on your sarcastic voice. i You need to bob for, up and now.
2: Yeah, a <clears> long <throat> time. I had a friend who used to say. Wait, wait.
0: Are you doing it now? Is it a short time?
2: No, I'm serious. I've I've been told this for a long time. <laughs> I, I had a friend who used to say, "Are you being sarcastic?" And I go. I don't know. Am I being sarcastic? And we just go around in circles. It was great fun. Right. But it really annoyed him.
0: <laughs> apparently, and I don't. Apparently, this is the way that I start what turns into a walk of shame. <laughs> apparently.
2: Apparently.
0: Ten percent of people can't pick up on sarcasm. Their brains are not wired mm. to be able to sort of grok the concept. Mm-hmm. And so I have met people who uh, you'll say something really sarcastic. Mm. And they'll be like, really? Like, I call them gullible people. Mm -hmm. But but (laughs) the thing is, if your brain isn't able Mm. to, because, I mean, that's a complex mental Mm -hmm. hoop to jump through. Yes. So and
2: I, I think it 's something that we have to learn because there are cultures in which sarcasm doesn 't happen yeah, so if you 're not kind of exposed to sarcasm over time and taught how to deal with it
0: what do you, what, what excites you the most about brain stuff what 's something you 've just dis- discovered recently about brain stuff?
2: Um, I think neuropsychology in general, so that 's combining. Psychology with the exciting stuff that comes out of fMRIs and different... Oh, okay. All, it's hard... All that stuff kind of coming together. Is, the problem kind of with the
0: brain sciences is it's very hard to measure results. Mm-hmm. Like something like physics, yes. you just get rulers <laughs> and lasers. Yeah. Something with maths, you don't even... It, it is all measurement. Yeah. And then you get to chemistry, and you can still do the counting stuff. Mm-mm. Once it gets down to dealing with people's brains, that's just mm. a mess.
2: Yes, which is why we had Freud. Um. Now,
0: wasn't he mostly wrong about everything? <laughs> yes. Okay.
2: I, I, my personal theory is, and I'm not big on Freud, i my not overly educated in this area, but my personal theory is that more of what Freud thought had to do with his own issues than anyone else's. Yeah, no,
0: that that was the sense that I was picking yeah. up on. He seemed to spend his entire career just giving himself a really accurate diagnosis.
2: <laughs> yeah, but there's also now neuropsychoanalysis. So psychoanalysis is the type of psychology or psychiatry or psychotherapy that came from Freud. So his his thing was psychoanalysis. That was what he created. It was mm-hmm. practiced for many years, and it got quite broadly discredited. Now there's actually things like a journal of neuropsychoanalysis. So looking at using new ways of getting evidence and studying the brain to see how Freud's ideas stacked up or how they might work.
0: Ah, so once you can start getting at people in an MRI machine and seeing which parts of the brain are lighting yeah. up, you can actually start to mm. measure these things.
2: Yeah, so it'll be interesting to see how kind of how that plays out and what gets evidential support and what doesn't.
0: Uh, maybe using the research we could start our own cult Yes ah. I, I
2: think psychoanalysis in many ways does smell a lot like a cult um, right. well, not not necessarily as it's practiced today, but and the things like the, the in fighting between groups so there's the there was the American group and then the European group and the British group in early psychoanalysis, and they hated each other and they disagreed on things and uh-huh. it's very much again in that monkey brain us and them
0: right, so if, but if we start our own cult. Then we're the top dogs. Yes. Then we're deciding who gets to stand closest to mm-hmm. us.
2: Yep. this sounds like a
0: great idea. Yes. Do you mind if we don't do the child abuse thing? That's
2: Would that be fine? Yeah.
0: Good. Good. Great. <laughs> All right. I'm going to start writing up some flyers. <laughs> So again, a big thank you to Kelly Sumner, who is, assures me is she is not listening to this right now because she hates the sound of her own voice. <laughs> I'm always amazed by people like Kelly. They've been
1: through so much, but for some people they can never talk about their situation and it's a very private thing and it makes them very angry or upset. But the only way we can learn about these things is to tell these stories in a supportive environment and maybe point out that people go, what's the danger of religion? And we go, well... <laughs> Here's the danger of religion. And I'm not saying all religion, but it can go very funny very quickly.
0: Dan, you really like Jurassic Park, don't you? I, I yes. Now, when, when you say I really like Jurassic Park, mm. I really like Jurassic Park. Jurassic Park 2 and 3 mm-hmm. lose the shine pretty quickly. <laughs> but we don't talk about those ones. We don't talk about, the, no. talk about
1: the, 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 when the giant Tyrannosaurus read, and it's coming through the glass oh, ceiling, yeah, yeah, yeah. and, and they're like, "Clever yeah, that, girl!" That, that
0: great big leathery, featherless head. <laughs> Coming in to attack those guys. I love that. Yeah, I love Jurassic Park. I love it. And, and really, that kicks out a lot of... Are people. you about to
1: ruin Jurassic Park for me? I, look, I'm not ruining anything. I'm not ruining anything at all. But I will promise you it has nothing to do with feathers. Yes. And it has nothing to do with feathery dinosaurs or bird-like dinosaurs. I promise that. Brilliant. Okay, so you don't have to worry about that. Woo! So... I'm relaxed again. <laughs> I've got you on the side. Now, that movie made a lot of people ask... Could, could this be done? Could you could you find a mosquito that drank the blood of a dinosaur, got covered in amber, and over sixty five million years it waited for humans to dig it up and then extract the DNA? And as Mister DNA says, you know, you could recombine the DNA into
0: a dinosaur. Uh, and and there you get dinosaurs. There was a great book that I read that was called Jurassic a, Park. No, no, no. This was called uh, How to Build the Dinosaur. I oh, think there it was. you go. And it went. In, this is what happened in Jurassic Park. And it was a whole book about all the difficulties and all the things hmm. that would be required in order to recombine it. And it was the most fascinating science book that I've ever read. I read it a couple of times. I loved it. So I'm going to put that in the notes section on the website. So you can
1: find this book. Excellent. Well, unfortunately, unfortunately, it's been pointed out that you could never, ever,
0: ever extract DNA of that age from a a mosquito we know that we we discussed this we were discussing the fossilized dinosaur stuff and how the uh the proteins broke down but the cell walls were still Mm, mm. there yes unfortunately it seems that the the actual dna itself has a
1: half-life of about one hundred and fifty eight thousand years yeah well
0: but how long ago were dinosaurs 65 million wait which one's bigger (laughs) unfortunately, um, yes. Uh, So this is the closest I've ever been Mm. to converting to Christianity. To, to, because that the dinosaurs
1: And this made me think. So before we get on to that pit though, so hundred and fifty eight thousand years, in if what it means, if you find a sample of DNA, then half it will break down in 158,000 years, and in another hundred and fifty eight thousand years, like twenty five percent will be gone, well seventy five percent will be gone, I should say. And then in another hundred fifty eight thousand years, eighty two point Seven, five percent will be gone. Yep. So it's millions, unfortunately, is it's just out. There could be some left, but it'd be so
0: microscopically small. And recombining that and, and figuring and out where to put all that's the bits right. that are left over.
1: But this gives what you just said before about the joining the Christians, and, yep. and this is a really good test for young earth theory. I went, that's my first thought was, well, all these people say, "Well, actually, dinosaurs existed when humans existed." Yeah, not all these people, but people do say that. They now have a testable hypothesis; it's not just making crap up anymore, like they had before. Don't they young know
0: Not trust half-life stuff, though.
1: But they can do that. They can they can do that research themselves. But they, it's not it's not um, radioactive half-life, by the way. We're just talking about yeah. half of it breaks down. It's not, not true radioactive half-life. But they could therefore, if they believe that the, the world is nine thousand years old or so, therefore dinosaurs must have been around before nine thousand years ago. Therefore, 158,000 years is much less than 9,000. They should be able to extract DNA from a fossilized mosquito and find dinosaur DNA. It's a testable hypothesis. So, there you go, young earthers. Well, well, All our well, like, young earthers who
0: listen to this podcast. Or you can just <laughs> pop over to Scotland and actually just, you know, get some from the Loch Ness monster. But it might not be a dinosaur, it could just be
1: two drunk Scottish guys with a periscope. Easy to get DNA from, though. Yeah, in fact, all you do is give them a drink. Oh, yeah. <laughs> and they take you home and get all the DNA you like. Hello. Oh. Now, in a podcast many moons ago, we discussed the bloop. Do you remember talking about the bloop? Yes, the organic sound that came from the bottom of the ocean. That's right. They had These microphones, hydrophones, in the water, and they, they heard across a massive area this bloop. And if Dan is any good at his editing, he can find that bloop
0: noise and put it in right now. Uh, but yeah, you go. the thing is, it only sounds like that when you speed it up. Yes, cause it It's does. a very deep and very slow thing, but it has a waveform that they can only match to
1: other organics. That's true. That's what everyone said. They went and they, they people were saying it's like a kraken. It's it's like it would have to be something like it's some sort of animal that is a kilometer across or something ridiculous like that. Some massive Godzilla biological creature, or Godzilla. That's right. Breathing out or having a big fart or something. Uh, and that's what they said. It could only be a biological sound. That's all it could be. There's something in the ocean that goes bloop. Uh, they're wrong. Sorry. It's they're right. wrong. They're wrong. There's not some sort of gigantic fictional creature living in the ocean? No, it's not. I'm afraid it's not. It's been proven by the NOAA's Acoustic Monitoring Project. They said that the broad-spectrum sounds recorded in the summer of 1997 are consistent with icequakes generated by large icebergs as they crack and fracture. Hydrophones deployed in the Scotia Sea detected numerous icequakes with spectrographs very similar to Bloop. The icequakes were used to acoustically track icebergs as they disintegrate near the South Georgia Island. Icequakes are of sufficient amplitude to be detected on multiple sensors at a range over 500 kilometers. Based on the arrival azimuth, the iceberg-generating bloop most likely was between Bransford Straits and the Ross Sea, or possibly at Cape Adair, a well-known source of cryogenic signals. All these non-experts went, It must be biological! Only a biological creature could make that sound! And suddenly someone who actually knew what they were talking about went... Actually, it's an ice quake. It's an iceberg cracking up. We here's another bloop.
0: Here's another bloop. Here's another bloop. We
1: record these all the time.
0: Yeah, so that's what they th- want you to think. Finally, yes. the lizard people have managed to get their <laughs> the <Silurians>. forces. <laughs> the li- lizards disguised as humans at the top of the government. Uh, don't get finally you. They- Oh, he's getting them started. Finally, they've got their things in order, and they're covering up the whole Cthulhu Lovecraftian bloop thing. Yeah, don't trust. Don't trust Big Icequake. That's what they, that's what they <laughs> want you to believe. <laughs> You have been listening to Dan at smartenough.org. And you've also been listening to Greg at smartenough.org. Make sure that you get onto iTunes, the brand new iTunes, and give us a big five-star rating and talk about how wonderful that you think that we are. Please rate us. Rating is very useful, keeps us in people's
1: minds. And also, even better, if you could write even a one-sentence review about how awesome we are, that would be brilliant. Thank you. Even if you guys went, I like them. They're not genius, but I like them. That's fine, too. Writing a review would be very helpful on iTunes.
0: Yes, we do like like feedback. We don't like people telling us how good we are. (laughs) And that's it. That's all we want to hear. Yeah. Now, you could do so via Twitter. Twitter handle is se2kb or at Facebook. So backslash smart enough, I think. Or you could just call out a window and see if the twilight bark brings your message to us. Uh, That will probably only work for a couple of people. That's true. But they'll feel really special. <laughs> Cause you will be able to call back. <laughs> oh wait, it's not Facebook smart enough. I bet it's Facebook SE two If I've been reading out the wrong thing this entire time. Oh no. I set the damn thing up. If you want to go to Facebook, go to Facebook.com slash S E two K B. Brilliant. Oh, I'm an idiot. <laughs> oh look, our stats are just picked up. <laughs> wait, that makes no sense. <laughs>
1: The economist, uh, the, the economist, the economist, uh, they're saying that there's been a. a maybe, sorry, I start again. <clears throat> so
0: the uh, I can't speak. Blah blah blah. Speaking is well. do some do some of those tongue twisters. Do a bit yes, of big, That's what big, I'm big bad bears bleed blue blood. Red leather lorry, yellow leather lorry. <laughs>